0: I want to do a shout out. Oh, to Yes. I want to do a shout out to our listeners. Yes. Uh, I think being from Canada, mm-hmm. we have some listeners from Canada. Mm-hmm. And I think it's amazing to see um, listeners from all over the world. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of listeners from the States, especially the Southern States. So a big shout out to everybody. Thank, thank, thank you, you for, for listening.
1: Thank you for listening. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. It is amazing. It feels incredible. It, yeah. It does.
1: Here we go. Let's boop snoots. snoots. Welcome back to Let's Boop Snoots. I am Heidi. My name is (laughs) Vero. And we are going to boop snoots today. Today. (laughs) Did you guys get that? (laughs) (laughs) Howdy, Vero. Howdy, Vero. Vero, Heidi. Heidi. (laughs) Um, Today's episode is going to be about travel with the dogs. Um, We focused mainly on like, airline travel and stuff like that but I get I suppose there's numerous ways of traveling with a dogo yes the train the train a boat oh my god a boat I wonder if you can bring them on cruise ships I didn't even
0: I'm on a boat
1: I'm on a boat and it's going fast and (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness anyways um have you ever traveled with your dogs I've traveled across the country but Ooh. in the car. Yep. I've traveled
0: from Vancouver to uh, Vancouver Island mm-hmm. like Victoria on the big ferry that's like an hour and a half long With Wiggs? With Wiggum. Really? Yeah. How did he and... do on the ferry?
1: He would have Good. just been like yeah, what Yeah. <laughs>
0: fun. <laughs> this is fun. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So I had to, so I drove, I lived in Kelowna and then I drove to Vancouver or near Vancouver uh, to get onto the ferry. And then there's this big parking lot where you park your car. I mean, you can get onto the ferry with your car, Mm -hmm. but I did not want to do that. So I parked my car at this like park, park and float, (laughs) park (laughs) and float. (laughs) And then I got onto this bus with Wiggum, Mm-hmm. And then they transport you to where you can get on the ferry, and then you buy your ticket. And then there's like this gate where you have to wait if you're walking onto the ferry. So I waited at the gate, and then they open the gate, and then I just like walked onto the ferry with my dog, with Wiggy Pop, Wiggy Pop. And it's like an hour and a half long, and there's this room like in the middle of the ferry where you can bring your dog, and there's like a bunch of other dogs.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. And were there like facilities so that in case of doggo mess, like Uh, accident? I think
0: it had a, it had a hose in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. But there is like grass and stuff before you get on. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So people can like get their dogs out of their car and go to that little room or just walk
1: around. It's kind of tight. Can I ask you one more question? Yeah. Did a bunch of people ask if they can nonstop pet your dog? No. Really? No, yeah. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. I think most people stay in their cars.
0: Oh, on the ferry ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Alright. It was probably like I feel like the people that are on the ferry mostly do it regularly.
1: Mm-hmm. So they probably just stay in their car. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think when traveling with with your dogs it's important to think and be prepared for everything. So you need to think about the stuff that you need readily available to you so like if you're going to somewhere like an airport or a train station or you know a, some all these places have like you know like ticket centers like stations and stuff like that where you're lining up and whatever and you need to think okay what am I going to need? And how do I prepare the dog for this as well? Cause like, um, I don't know if, if you prepared for that huge fairy rider, if you just sort of went for it. Wiggum's the type of personality where he <laughs> you could you could probably like he's not a very <laughs> just, excitable or super reactive like animal. So but so you need to you need to think about it and do some practice runs. Yeah. And stuff like that. Um, I just went th- for it. I- yeah. <laughs> <I didn't train. laughs>
0: But you know, a fairy. like a thing that I didn't think that I would actually do, right? And then all yeah, of a sudden, exactly. I'm like,
1: I'm going to Victoria. <laughs> yeah. and I got to bring my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I wonder, like, and I'm sure a lot of people think this too now, um, when you're dealing with an airport, I would hope that people would know that there's some more things that you have to prepare and get together. I would be curious to talk to people who work at these places and see if there's people that just show up being like, what, what do you mean? I can't bring my dog <laughs> like, <laughs> or people. Think I don't that... think
0: you need for the ferry ride. There was nothing special I needed to do for a Wiggum. Well, no. And I think no. it's because and it like... was quite like annoying. Cause I was going there for a few days and I had like luggage and I had my dog and I'm getting onto this bus. Yeah. And it's just like, there's a lot of people on it. <laughs> <laughs> I like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to like hit people in the face with my like backpack and my suitcase yeah. and my dog. And your dog leash. And yeah. And on this trip to Victoria, a little bit of a side note.
1: Mm
0: hmm. Uh, Wiggum was being like dog sat by some individuals <laughs> while I was off to Tofino. Mm hmm. And he ate. <laughs> They didn't know about, like, uh, Wiggum's counter-surfing. Oh. So they left an entire roasted chicken. Oh, no. On the counter. (laughs) Oh, no. Wiggum ate the whole thing. Oh, my goodness. Like, the dish was, like, clean. He ate the meat. He ate the bones. Oh, my God. So on my return, the individuals felt, like, really bad about it. Yeah. Wiggum had one bout of, like, diarrhea.
1: Mm-hmm. Like nothing much. Mm-hmm. And
0: the next day I was leaving Victoria to go back to Kelowna, which is like, like a three and a half, four hour drive. And I was like, great. great. Be <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Getting on the ferry and then driving for four hours. Oh <laughs> my God. He had one bout of diarrhea and then yeah. that was it. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Like that yeah, even, I like, don't really... even know like the bones, like where they went. <laughs> Well,
1: I guess he was so used to, like, ingesting socks that, like, you know, a couple of little chicken bones. <laughs> he
0: had, like, a stomach of steel.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: my God. It's yeah, like I, a mystery. Literally. Where did wash... it go?
1: <laughs> that's where all the socks go when, when you lose them in the wash. <laughs> Wiggum's, Wiggum's tummy. That's where they've been this whole time. So, yeah. Yeah. Like a roasted chicken incident. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm surprised not even any like really bad dog farts in the, in the car. No, <laughs> those are he the, worst. the whole way. I was those like, are the absolutely okay? Is he worst. like
0: lethargic
1: or is he being as usual like? I'm just gonna sleep. I I can remember getting ready. Sorry, we're we're totally derailing. But anyways, getting ready to go for on a trip <laughs> to the cottage, so like, and I had a bunch of friends, and we have like the you know the family minivan or whatever. And so we load up the van and everything, everything's in place, got all of our stuff. We're like, yeah, gassed up. And like in the first two minutes of like getting ready to drive to the cottage, Gibbon farted in the car. Like it was so (laughs) disgusting. And like, (laughs) So we're like all like excited. We're like hitting the highway. (laughs) And we were all like, oh, (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Dogs have those like. You know, bad wonderful moments to like really humble <laughs> you as a human being. <laughs> but, um, so I, I never okay. traveled very far with my dogs. Um, okay. the, the furthest they've ever gone is to the cottage. So it's a two hour, roughly a two hour, uh, car ride. And they've been doing it ever since they were young because I, re- I can remember. Having friends like we, like I said, we've hosted a variety of guests at our cottage and stuff before. So we've had friends bring their dogs up to the cottage, and I can remember um, one of my friends. Their dog was like horribly carsick, so she was following me. She insisted on taking her own car because her dog just did the thing where they start like almost frothing at the mouth, like it's like just drool and drool and drool mm. and dro- and then eventually they vomit. So. Um, She insisted on taking her own car and then we would just call each other because she was like, I need to pull over (laughs) so the dog could barf. Is that Nicole? No, it was Marnie. Oh, okay. Yeah, and her little uh, mini doodle, Chewy. Chewy got, I think still gets like, even for a 10-minute drive like in the city, gets like horribly carsick. So um, on the way back, she gave him uh, some gravel and he did much better. But, um, but yeah, so I've never had any issues with my dogs, but I've, I've never tried taking them on any other kind of transportation. So, but I have traveled with Michelle. Yeah. And we went to new Orleans and I can remember like, this was a trip planned a year in advance. So I'll just sort of dive into the, we can start talking about some of the airport stuff. Um, I'll talk about our experience, and then we can talk about w- what some of the the more uh, uh, official rules and forms and stuff like that, that we mm-hmm. found online. Um, so M- Michelle and I knew that we were going to be taking this trip. She had Nikita. She was training Nikita for all sorts of different types of situations. But when she knew we were going on this trip, she started focusing her training to get her ready to travel on an airplane. You will never meet a readier person than my buddy Michelle (laughs) she knew everything she had all the forms she had everything packed she knew like everything and so in preparation for this episode like I watched a couple of YouTube videos and they were very similar things to what Michelle did just about Different people talking about their travel experiences with their dogs. So, the first thing you want to do is you want to contact your airline who you're flying with and find out what their policies and their rules and everything is around dogs, see what forms you're going to need. Michelle got a form filled out by her family doctor. and then, as well as her vet, so that she had the emotional support animal. And we've I found a various sites where you can get letters. There's like a you can go online and get a letter online. There's different packages that you can purchase where they do all this paperwork for you. I'm pretty sure she just printed them off from the websites and and got them filled out by her uh, her various physicians and stuff that she needed. Um, most places, from what I saw, ask for. Um, like a health check so you won't you need like a form filled out by your vet saying that the animal is healthy and that there's nothing wrong with them especially if you're crossing borders and stuff like that right it becomes like almost like it's all done under the like the the food inspection like associations and stuff like yeah. that and departments and um because you just want to make sure that they're not transmissing anything right
0: or receiving anything
1: um yeah so In the months leading up to our trip, I can remember Michelle doing a variety of exercises with their dog. So she, um, Nikita already knew how to heal. So like, it's not like she like she's excellent on leash. So it's not like she's going to be yanking Michelle's arm off like walking through the airports. Michelle made sure to practice all these things in, like, busy areas so to get used to being around tons of people. She started taking Nikita with her to places, like, a variety of stores that allow animals in so that she's used to waiting in a line with a bunch of people standing around her. She taught uh, Nikita uh, to stand through her legs. So, like, if you're really in a cramped spot or it's super busy, you have your dog standing in between your legs so they're nice and close to you. Nobody's going to step on their tail or anything like that. And, uh, another one that she did, uh, because we were taking Nikita in the cabin with us was she would go to, um, she'd practice at home and have Nikita lay down underneath a chair. And, um, when she'd go to the park, have her lay down underneath the the park bench and get her used to like curling up into that. I always call it the bagel. You know, they're like when the dog lays in that perfect little circle and, uh, got her doing that because, um, most airlines and again like the rules are going to vary depending on who you're dealing with but most of them require that the animal is able to lay either in a small carrier if you have a small dog in your lap or if it's a larger breed animal they must fit underneath this the seat on front of you and let me tell you I was surprised because Nikita is a very long long dog but she's very thin yes but When she curled up, like she fit perfectly under the seat on front of us. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, she did her yoga. She did her yoga (laughs) bagel, doggy bagel pose. (laughs) (laughs) But um, no, she did excellently well she did uh, excellent throughout the airports and stuff michelle looked at the air like where our stopovers were to see what services were available for animals to see where the closest exit was but most airports and i have to say too like when we got into the states our changeover was in chicago i saw tons of people with their dogs and most airports because i looked at this up uh, afterwards have these things called pet stations so that you don't have to leave the secure area and what it is is inside the airport, there's like this area of like AstroTurf basically. So you go and your dog can do their business on there, and they have like a doggy poop bag station. They have a hose so that you can water it down if it's like a mess and everything. So I was very like, Michelle knew exactly where they were in relation to our terminals and stuff like that. Like she had the maps downloaded for the airports and everything ready to go. Oh, wow. So good for her. No, yeah, she did, she did very, Nikita. very well. And, um, Oh, and another thing, too, was, and it's the reason why I asked you that question earlier, is Michelle had a vest made for Nikita because this requires a lot of concentration from your dog. You're asking them to perform in a very, like, highly distractive, like, environment. Yes. So she had a vest made, and, and she has these patches made, and it says, like, no touchy-touchy and do not touch the owner may may bite and <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and all these different things so that because you like it's so hard and especially around kids and it was funny cuz like as we moved through the airports especially kids right like they don't understand right so like they see a dog yeah. and they're like a doggy and like and everybody comments like and everybody wants to and everybody was like reading Michelle's like the various patches that Nikita was wearing on her vest and like <laughs> laughing at them and stuff like that but you know like that's why they're they're, they're doing like a, uh, a lot of these programs as we spoke about earlier on an episode with St. John's Ambulance. And even when I was looking up um, in our airport here in Ottawa, they, there was an article talking about like the, thera- the therapy program that they're doing there. So bringing yes. dogs into airports as like the, to use as a therapeutic um, measure for their clientele, I guess. But um, so there is a lot of people. So those are a, like... A lot of things to do to prepare um another thing that i read about and it's what michelle did too is you want to skip like so let's say you're flying in the morning skip their first meal because you don't want them to get an upset stomach and then you're cleaning up puke or like no matter where you are so skip their first meal and another thing that michelle did to just sort of help nikita too is she had these um CBD treats so cannabis oil yeah like obviously with no THC in it like it was an it was a a treat and medication made specifically for for dogs so it was a dog treat CBD thing and it just helped Nikita stay calm like it have it be a less stressful experience for her and then helped her settle like faster on the plane she curled up into that bagel and slept like the whole way to wow
0: how long was the
1: flight Oh, my God. I'm trying to remember now. God, I think it was, like, uh, I can't remember. It was, like, from Ottawa to Chicago and then Chicago to New Orleans. So, I think it was, like, from Chicago to New Orleans, I think, was three hours. And then probably another three. Well, from Ottawa to Chicago wasn't that long. It was, like, an hour and a half, maybe, hour 45, and then three hours to New Orleans. But, um. No, it was a like a a long day of travel, and it it was hard on Nikita. Like she slept for like the next day, and that's the other thing is you don't want to plan anything too crazy on either end of of traveling, right? So that they're not like completely like zonked. But uh, did she go everywhere
0: with you guys in New Orleans?
1: uh, We would take her for not everywhere all the time. We would take because New Orleans is a very like noisy and busy city. Mm-hmm. So she would come with us um um some of the way but she was like uh Michelle travels here like uh fairly frequently and has a um a timeshare sorry I'm losing okay. my words has a timeshare so Nikita's used to being there she's been there before um she's oh, okay. done very well and um no she did great so we would take her for every morning we would take her out to like the a less busy area and walk her like all along like the the river and come back
0: that's definitely a place I want to go to
1: I know oh it was Mm -hmm. two so it's yeah two and a half hours from Chicago to New Orleans okay and I would say about an hour and a half so it wasn't too too bad but uh anyways no she did great so that was a learning experience for me just remembering like the months in advance and what to do and you just want to have some of those things. So like Michelle has this belt that she wears when she's training and, and that she took with her traveling as well. That has like treats in there, has a couple of poop bags, has some stuff to like clean her up, has a tiny little collapsible bowl. Um, Another thing too, depending on how far you're traveling, you don't want to give them too much to drink either Mm because they gon' pee. (laughs) But um, so yeah, just all these things to take into account. And I was Talking to Vero about it before, and you just wonder how many people show up non-prepared, and then the dog free. Like, think about even taking off in a plane, and yeah, what Ugh. that must be like for a dog, you know? Yeah, but um, and there's no like, way to practice definitely
0: the plane. Like, if you can bring your dog into the cabin, yes. Although I know that's not always possible, and you want to make sure that you notify your airline in advance because apparently there's only like a certain number of animals allowed in the cabin at one mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So that might affect your travel time. Um, and what else? So I've, I've done some research on this and like I told Heidi, <laughs> it was quite depressing <laughs> because it's if awful. your dog is not allowed in the cabin, uh, they have to be part of the cargo They go in the cargo area, uh, which is not the best Um, air travel. It can be dangerous for animals. Um, And I've heard some sad, I've read about some sad stories about um, dogs being lost on layovers for like 20 hours and they end up like they end up dying. Like the, it, there's no climate control. They say there is, maybe there is, and sometimes it doesn't function. It's supposed to be pressurized, and I don't know like how well, how well pressurized it is. So yeah, apparently dogs with pushed in faces, so like bulldogs, uh, pugs, Persian cats have a short nasal passage, and it apparently it's hard for them. They it leaves them vulnerable to oxygen like not receiving enough oxygen and heat stroke. Oh, really? So definitely. Yeah. So apparently there's a particular airline um, that apparently has a higher percentage of animal deaths. Oh, God. Yes. So I read a lot. A lot of the horror stories that I've read about (laughs) is from this airline. Like I wasn't searching this particular airline. It was just like so so airline so so airline and I was like wow they're like really <laughs> not, <laughs> not great with this but apparently they were the only airline that accepted these like pushed in there's a there's a name for it like the snub nose dogs yeah. mm-hmm. so I went um onto their website and apparently in 2018 they did an assessment of their cargo practices mm-hmm. because of their high numbers and those dogs and cats are now on the list of animals that they don't accept. Wow! But all these dogs that like that I read about that like passed away, mm-hmm. like they arrived at their layover dead. Oh God! Th- we're not like short-nosed dogs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so like oh, yeah. Ugh. So one died of like heat stroke. Yeah. And another one, they had a, uh, this one was a short-nosed dog, uh, was in the cabin and the flight attendant forced the owner to put the puppy in the overhead bin. What? And the puppy was dead. It was a three-hour flight. The puppy suffocated. What the heck? I know. This is the same airline. (laughs) You can probably just (laughs) Google this and find out. That they overbooked a flight. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You'll, you're probably going to remember this. Um, they overbooked a flight. So they were randomly picking people to get off the flight. And they mm-hmm. picked this physician. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, I can't because I need to get to this hospital at this time because I'm performing, like, I don't know, like a surgery. Mm-hmm. They're, like, waiting for me for this. Mm-hmm. And they got security on. And they assaulted him.
1: Oh, yes. Do you remember this? And yes. they
0: dragged him off the plane. Yes. Yes. And this is also the same airline that did not allow two teenagers on the plane because they were wearing leggings. Because
1: <laughs> they were Do wearing you remember leggings.
0: That? No, I don't remember you that. Don't remember that? I remember <laughs> that. It was <laughs> their dress code apparently prohibited leggings. Leggings? Yeah. God, and everybody wears those when you travel. I know. You're comfy. Why wouldn't you want to wear leggings? <laughs> <laughs> so they apparently have a pet-safe program. Mm -hmm. that advocates for like dog and cat animal safety during flights and good conditions while they're flying and not allow like the pets to stay on the tarmac uh, between flights or before they get onto the plane. Uh, But apparently like people go through this airline to get into this program and then like, I don't like, they don't follow what they say. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I went and looked at PetSafe, and everything they say that they do sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if they reviewed it um, since they did their assessment, because it does say on the pet website now that they prohibit, like they don't accept certain dog breeds now. So hopefully now they're reinforcing this now that their numbers showed that they had higher death percentage than other airlines but then also the owners have to sign a customer acknowledgement form which removes all liability for anything that happens to your pet. Of course they so, would. Yeah, and, and they saying- you allow them to bring them to the vet and all that if their your pet is injured or anything, but then you also have to pay the vet bills. And it does say in that section also that if you refuse to pay the vet bills, then you might not be allowed on any of their flights in the future on that oh airline God. in the future so yeah i don't know about traveling like having to put my pet in a cargo area
1: well it definitely freaks me out
0: yeah it sounds like they're treated like like cargo yeah. <laughs> like suit which, which they are yeah yeah uh
1: like vera and i were chatting about this earlier and it's like it sounds like it's pretty risky because the same thing, like the, here you are working in an area that doesn't necessarily deal with a ton of pets. Maybe some of them do, maybe some of them don't, but That's true. you think airports and pets and it doesn't really mix. Although I think it's getting better. Like I said, like a lot of these different airports now have these animal relief stations because they're probably recognizing the fact that a lot of people are traveling with their, you hear stories on the radio all the time of people with their emotional support animals. Like one person had an armadillo and some dude in Florida had like an emotional support alligator. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be interesting to talk to somebody who works in the industry and just ask about the variety of different things that people Brought with them like i i remember taking my kids to um uh an event at one of the universities here in ottawa and this guy had all these exotic like snakes and reptiles and stuff like this and he had this one it was called like a coin snake or something like that and anyways we were like oh like like my kids were asking questions and stuff and we're like oh where do you get these he's like well i got this guy from colorado and i was like oh how do how do you bring them across the border do you need special papers and stuff he's like well He's like, he went in this Tupperware container right inside my hoodie. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God. He's like, so, and I just think like if my mom like knew she was sitting next to somebody with a snake in their pocket at the airport, she would like literally lose her crap. (laughs) She legit would. But you never know what somebody's carrying (laughs) next to you at the airport, I suppose. But um, I was curious to see what it looked like. So when I was searching cuz i always wondered like where do they put them and if do, if they put them with your lux- like if your luggage and is it like warm in there like cuz it gets like super cold right like as you ascend and so you can google image it and it is a little cargo space and it does look like it's pressurized and stuff but i don't think anybody is in that space with them so like no. you said if there's like a temperature fail if there is like something wrong with the pressure or anything like that how are you gonna know? And then you open up this cargo with a bunch of dead dogs in it. So like I was I was even thinking that I didn't read anything or I didn't go down the horrible like <laughs> no sad what doggy <laughs> rabbit hole that you did. Google. Come on. <laughs> but I thought about it. I just thought like, hmm, because it, it looks comfortable enough. It just looks like an area where they put a bunch of Dog crates in, and in some of the websites that I visited, it said that you have to provide a crate where they can stand up, turn around, and like lay down in. So you can't like cram your huge dog into like a tiny crate because that's just cruel. So they're very specific about that stuff. So, and what I wanted to, I didn't interrupt you earlier but there there does seem to be two options when you're when you're flying with your dog and one is that it comes in the cabin with you but like i said it, it they either stay in your lap i would never even if i had a small dog in a little carrier or whatever i would never put it in the space above me you can tuck it un, underneath the chair in front of you but i would never mm-hmm. put it in the cabin space up top i'd be like no sorry but again i'm I mean, getting off. if they're going to drag you off the plane like <laughs> But I would just like, like, that's what's, that's what's tough about it, right? Or or, so there's two options. So you bring them in the cabin with you, or you put them in the cargo space. And it sounds like if your dog is too big, and I think this is why Michelle did all the work that she did, because she knew that they have to be able to fit underneath the seat in front of you. So that's why she started working with Nikita in small spaces, and helping her like get through that. And she did phenomenally well. So if you're if you are more comfortable taking your dog and you have a larger sized dog, you need to know the dimensions of that seat on front of you. And Mm -hmm, you need to start practicing to see if your dog can cut it. Right. Because if they can't, well, they're going into the cargo space because you can't have a dog just roaming around the airport. And, you know, people said like, it was so when we got up to, to disembark from the plane, there were people who were sitting right next to us. They were like, Oh my God, I didn't even realize there was a dog there. Like they didn't even see Nikita. <laughs> and, and when you see photos of Nikita, like, like I said, she, she's a, um, like a German shepherd, like, she, but like a long, yes. like a very long, she, yes. she is skinny. She's a, my thin little foxy girl, big pointy nose. But, um, no, I was, uh, amazed that she was able to do that. So, If you're not comfortable putting, if you have a larger sized dog, like I said, you can, you have the option to practice all these things beforehand. Usually when, when you fly, you, you are expected to fly or, you know, the trip is coming. If it's a last minute thing, like, uh, you might want to consider something else. So you you need to sort of look at what your options are and then like deal with it accordingly. But if you're planning a trip and planning on bringing your dog, I would suggest, um, on practicing and really preparing for what they're going to be expected to do, because having read that and having looked at it all, I don't know that I would ever be comfortable putting my dog in a cargo space. I don't
0: think I would ever, I don't think I could ever do it now. Cause I remember, um, was it 2017? I can't remember. There's this girl who had a golden retriever Mm -hmm. and that's what happened. He was seven years old he got, I think he was left at the layover, or there was something. It was like 20 hours, but it almost sounded like he never got let out of his crate. Yeah. And he died. Oh, God. Yeah. And they never took responsibility because I think like they got the dog and he, w- he seemed like really out of it. Mm-hmm. So they left the airport, brought him to the vet. And by the time, I think it was like a few hours later, The dog died. Oh God, of like a gastric torsion or something like that. Oh yeah. But then the airline never took responsibility because they had left the airport, and it was he died like a few hours after leaving the airport. Yeah. Um. So that's how I got down this dark rabbit hole. Yeah. I remember (laughs) that, and then I googled that, and then I'm like, oh my God, there's so many other stories.
1: (laughs) Deep dark. Um, But I did read up
0: on some tips. Yep on if you absolutely need to bring your dog and it your dog has to go in the cargo try as much as possible to use direct flights yep so there's less chances of your dog getting lost during transfers delays uh, layovers make sure your pet gets familiar with the carrier before the flight Mm -hmm. because you don't want your pet to injure itself in the carrier if it's like stressed out or anything like that Mm -hmm. Um, you want him to remain calm in it so he doesn't hurt himself or herself avoid busy times yes so busy traveling times (laughs) christmas march break yeah and if it's in the summer or winter avoid the times of day where there's like temperature extremes Mm -hmm. so in the summer try traveling early in the morning late in the evening in the winter Um, Try traveling more in the afternoon. Yeah. Make sure you have a travel label on your carrier with your name, phone number, travel destination, also your address. And examine your dog as soon as you get your dog back at the airport. Mm Mm-hmm. Make sure everything is
1: okay. There's no injuries. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Those are some pretty good tips. In, ter- yeah. In terms of the paperwork, there was a variety of different things that I found. So it, like I said, the number one thing you have to do is contact whoever you are traveling with. So whether it be by airplane or train or boat or anything like that contact them and know what their policies are around animals know what is expected of you so that you can prepare better for it the next thing is I found a couple of websites and it looks like it was mostly American of people that will take care of all like you can purchase a package where they get you all your paperwork and they get everything signed off for you so that you're ready to go it doesn't sound like the paperwork is very hard like I think that you need an ESA form which is an emotional support animal form which you need needs to be provided that's for you so proof that you need need one and that can be filled out literally by your family physician and then um, you need the like I said the assessment to prove that they're healthy so there's companies that will do all of this for you and um or you can just do it yourself so the paperwork I don't think is a huge issue and like I found it's it's all written on the airport website like there's the stuff there for you to find and print off and it directs you really well. And if you Google it, there's like various government sites too, where it shows you all the different paperwork that you need. But um, just like you said, like uh, about the horrible things that go wrong, I I just, I want to say this before I forget it. Yeah. Know what the dangers are and know what the risks are, but also know that and we've talked about this on numerous episodes too is that like dogs are considered your property right and they're not even like even when you look up these forms they're like underneath like the the food inspection (laughs) agencies and stuff like that so dogs are Mm -hmm. not like as much as we hold them like close and dear to our heart like our family members they're just simply not viewed that way in the other realms of like life and reality (laughs) so if something horrible happens to your dog at the airport you're not going to be able to sue them because like I said in the eyes of the law a dog is viewed as property and it's not very expensive right so I know in the states like there's different rules around the legalities of stuff like that but I don't think and and again I'm just guessing I haven't like looked this up but I don't think there's been too many massive lawsuits (laughs) where people were you know no, uh, I don't think they can. No, I don't think you like can. Like you said. It, it's not and a valuable enough, like, piece of property that's no, damaged. And um, they do provide,
0: like, autopsy. Like, if you're, your pet is to pass away during a flight. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, like, they will find the cause of death. But then they also usually find an underlying condition oh for sure condition so it's hard to you know go against that even though you've had your um, pet health check and your immunization records and you have all that saying that he's good to go when there's nothing your dog has no conditions um, they'll always find something so yeah it's hard it's hard to sue (laughs) yeah exactly like yeah like Heidi said um, I did look up like what are the best what is the best uh airport for dogs and JFK showed up in New York. Oh, really? Yeah. So they have this facility called the Arc Arc Terminal. Mhm. So it's a facility separate from the airport. It looks very nice. Uh they provide so they have vets there, uh grooming services, Uh, Overnight stays, like whatever you need, they offer kenneling for your dog. Um, I did see a picture like of a pool, so I don't know. It looks like your dog can have a good time, also (laughs) (laughs) go at the pool. Uh, But apparently, there's also this other facility, uh, two hours from JFK, that is in competition. So apparently, I just read that they're not doing super well because a lot of the animals mm-hmm. are not going to the arc terminal but they're going to the other facility oh. which is sad because that terminal is like right beside the airport yeah yeah that's so, apparently so cool there was no... yeah it looks very nice I feel like I would bring my dog there just to get kenneled <laughs> exactly whenever so I don't know I don't know if that's something that they actually offer whenever
1: we talk about about these different topics and stuff i always think about business ideas for us we should start our own doggy airline <laughs> i know <laughs> with the yaw yeah, woof, with the <laughs> woof air <laughs> snoots air snoots airline um mm-hmm. yeah no but it's i i like Again, like, I can't, like, I've, I've traveled a fair bit throughout my life, and, like, even as a kid, and I don't ever remember seeing animals at the airport, like, ever. But when I went on this trip, and I guess, like, it's kind of one of those things where when you're doing it, you're more aware of your surroundings, maybe. But when we were in Chicago, there was a ton of people with their dogs traveling with their dogs. A ton like at ever, wow. at every single like terminal there was like a person like I, I remember being like, I don't think I've ever seen this many dogs like in my life. But Chicago was one of the busier like airports, I think, throughout the US. And I bet you if you went to JFK it would be the same sort of thing. I think people And they came up as I think the third best on the list. Oh, did they? Chicago. They were it was Calgary was second. No way, Calgary. Yeah. Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> Calgary bring my emotional support bowl for the Calgary or horse <laughs> for the Calgary stampede. Um, no, I think it's like, like, like I, we've said it a million times on the show. This is like a growing industry. More and more people are getting dogs. More and more people are treating their dogs like their family members. And, but, and there's all these areas where it impacts you. Right. So Having talked about all that legal stuff and talking about all the great things that are available, the, my, my big thing that I would like to say on the show is that the onus is on you. You are ultimately responsible for your animal. So you need to do the research involved in what's expected of you, how things are going to work because you don't want to end up with like (laughs) a dead dog on your first layover or being dragged off a plane because your dog can't perform the way that they're expected to, as per the airline policy, or whatever policy, you know, whether it's taking the train to or boats, like, I don't know how I'd be able to fare with the Gibbs because I can't even get him in the canoe at the cottage. <laughs> Like, these are things that you have to consider, though, right? Like, even if you were going by boat, depending on what size of boat that you're going to be on or what they're expected to go on. And you have to think about these transport things. Like, if you're parking somewhere, getting on the bus that's going to take you to the ferry Mm -hmm. or to the boat and, like, all these things. And, um, like, we talked about, I think, the show... it was like uh, the pack it's like the amazing race show with the dogs like you can see that a lot of dogs are uncomfortable with uneven service surfaces, surfaces yeah so if you're on a small boat or if you're on like a super long bus that's twisting and turny and it's rocking back and forth and stuff like that these are the things that that you should prepare for with with your dogs so be prepared be a good boy scout or girl scout and be prepared yes. Be prepared. Be a good dog owner. Yeah, get them ready. Get them ready, and get them some of that CBD treat so that they can chillax during their stress yeah. their stressful uh, travel time. But you all good. Have you got anything else to say?
0: No, I think that that was it for me in airports. Yeah, I want to do a shout out. Oh, to yes, I want to do a shout out to our listeners. Yes. Uh, I think being from Canada, Mm -hmm. we have some listeners from Canada. Mm -hmm. And I think it's amazing to see um, listeners from all over the world. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of listeners from the states, especially the southern states. So a big shout out to everybody. Thank Thank you for for listening. listening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It is amazing. It feels incredible. Yeah, it does. Reach out, contact, collab. (laughs) 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 I love it. All right. See you next time on Let's Boop Snoots. Let's Boop Snoots. Boop. Bye. 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 Boop.